Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. What's going on, guys? Joe McCall here. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I got a cool show for you today. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about the Kitty Sisters. And these are two ladies that I met at one of my masterminds in Boise, Idaho. And they're doing some really cool things with large multifamily apartment buildings. And so I wanted to get them on the show to talk about kind of how they get started in this business. You know, it seems like big apartment buildings, that intimidates me, right? Like I'm, I'm, North, I'm used to little houses here and there. But when you find two sisters that are crushing it in multifamily business, like how did they get started? How did they do it? And they're going to be giving you some tips and advice on how you could do the same thing. So you're going to be inspired by their story. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I also want to give to you, this podcast is being brought to you by my book, WLO Book. If you guys bought this thing yet, it's absolutely, you don't, you can't buy it. It's actually free. And I, you just pay shipping and handling and I'll send it out to you. So it does cost a little bit of money to get it. Can't buy it on Amazon. I take that back. You can. I saw it on Amazon for $50, a used copy. I guess I'm pretty popular. But this is a book that I wrote because this is a strategy that I used to quit my job way back in 2009. So if you're interested in learning how to flip lease options, check this out. It's a real simple book. The feedback on it is amazing. You could read this in an hour or two. And I show you how to flip lease options. WLO stands for wholesaling lease options. Get it right now, wlobook.com. It's completely free. Just pay a little bit of shipping and handling and we'll get it out to you. Okay, enough of that. Let's bring Palmy and Nancy Kitty. How are you, ladies? Great. Thanks so much. Thank you for so much for having us on your show today. We're so pumped and excited and ready to go. I'm looking forward to hearing your story. Palmy was telling me a little bit about it when I saw you in, in Boise at the Mastermind yeah. there. And uh, you guys are sisters, right? Yes. Yes. Nice. As and, much uh, as we don't like each other. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah. Um, you know, where's your family from and how did you get started in real estate? Yeah. So we're Thai. So our um, we migrated to the United States when we were really little from Thailand. So our parents came here with basically nothing. And so they, so basically our actually act, our background actually has nothing to do with real estate. Mm -hmm. Our parents has nothing to do with real estate, let alone in multi-million dollars apartment investing, right? Growing up, we have witnessed the hardship of our parents working towards financial freedom. As children, we watched our parents struggle with long hours and trading their time for money. So when we grew up, we worked really hard to justify their sacrifice and their hard work towards financial freedom. Our dedication paid off in 2010. When we land one of the biggest, like premier fashion brand at that time called Baby, and we rapidly became really successful manufacturer, which has nothing to do with real estate again. In fact, we were doing so great at that time that we thought, oh, like we only have one source of income and that is it. That's how we were proud that we only need one source of income that we didn't have to do like a yeah. side hustle in order to, to make a really good living. So we thought that was our purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And then one evening when we were making dinner, you know, across the room, and then we got the notification that, hey, BB is shutting down all their stores. And just like that, like, we're like, oh, okay. 95% of our income is tied to this brand. And so without it, our income evaporated overnight. And so we had to scramble really fast and figure out what's next. How do we avoid this kind of situation happening again? Well, that's why we feel like in that moment, we feel like it was an illusion where 
we thought we achieved financial freedom, but technically we were really trading time for money. And without that business, our income became nothing, right? So we had to act fast and we dove head first into house flipping business, which has to do with real estate a little bit, but has nothing to do with multifamily apartments. Well, what, where were you living again at the time? Los Angeles. Okay. Right. So at that time, we were making great income from flipping, but we were still trading our time for dollars. And we're like, okay, like there must be a better way. So we felt like, okay, it's a natural progression. Flip houses is great. It's active income. You make Mm -hmm. money three, six months, similar to wholesaling. But what happens after that? How do we make sure that that income becomes a long-term thing where we continue to make money? And that's when we started learning about multifamily apartments passively at first. So that's why we found start investing in apartment syndication, right? Like ever so, since then. Okay, yeah. what about what year time frame was this? You were flipping houses in LA. Yes, 2017 and then 2018 was when we found out about apartment syndication. So ever since then, we immersed ourselves into the whole new world to free ourselves from the daily grind of you know um, the nine to five and to give us stability, reliability, and scalability in our next venture. This allow us to have unlimited freedom to travel, to explore our dreams, to truly make impact on causes that are near our heart. And we believe that everyone deserves this. And that's why it's our mission to help, you know, entrepreneurs secure their financial freedom through apartment investing while paying zero dollars in taxes. I like that. You're speaking my love language there. (laughs) Yay! Zero spending zero dollars in taxes. So, how many houses did you flip? Like, what kind of experience? So, annually at that time, we were flipping around like in Los Angeles, around four to six houses a year. That we were making really great income because we're the one who set up all the comp. So, basically, like it's a great business. It's great because like when you go into a market, if you do it right, you get multiple six figures. You can you can set up your own comp. Like what we were buying one house, flipping it, and we're setting the comp, and then it was. Then it was rising from there. So it's great. But like, imagine LA traffic driving to multiple drop sites, even though they're pretty close. And even dealing with contractors and all the delays. So yeah, that's why we thought, okay, there must be a better way of making income. And that's when we found out there's a better way. Yeah. Okay. So who who taught you about apartment buildings? So basically we attended a live event and we signed up to do like flipping business. And then we attended another program. So we, um, our mentors are like Brad Sumrock and Dan Merrill and all real estate guru out there. So that's how we, yeah, that's just some some of them. Yeah, yeah, sure. And so they kind of introduced you to multifamilies, large multifamilies apartments. Yes. They, They told us like, Hey, make active income. But when you want to make it so that it's long lasting, you put your money so that it starts spitting out money without any effort. Yeah. All right. So then what'd you guys do? This was around 20, what year was this? About 2018? Yeah. So we started off as passive investors in apartment syndication and we just love it. We love how like ACH come through like every quarter or every month and we're like, okay, like how do how can we get more? How can we do more of this? Right. And um, you know, the thing is like, like many people, we were living in an LA bubble. We had no idea that the rest of the country was doing really well in real estate. Honestly, I didn't know down. Everybody, by the way, I was born in LA and was raised in San Diego. I'm very familiar with California. And it is so true. People in California live in this little bubble and they think that everybody else is like them. Yeah. So we didn't know. And so. Or wants to be like them. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, like basically for us, we thought like, okay, LA is first is like, we need to do stuff in LA. That's why the flipping thing was a major one. Cause we're like, 
We had to be close. We, we know, know, well, we, we know, we the, know market, the neighborhood, right? We know the market. Yeah. We know everything about it. But then like when we, when we had, that was like one big aha, the, the transition between single family versus multi is like, you definitely have to go out of state. And the big aha is like, you can leverage really strong operators who understands that market way more than you and let them be the person who, who trail, who trailblaze and figure out all that stuff. And you just go in and like just piggyback off of their knowledge and do really well. That was the big first thing that we had to like, a lot of people think it's like control and like, I have to know the market. I have to know like the, like in San Diego, like, oh, this is that neighborhood, like Mission Beach, like this is the area, this is the pocket. Like that's not necessary to to be successful. Really? And that's what's the big thing we had to figure out. All right. So then you started investing in Mm -hmm. somebody else's syndication. How did you find that syndication? Well, just through networking and then just, you know, before you invest in someone's syndication, I highly recommend anybody to know, like, and trust the investor, right? And just just vet them out and stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, um, for us, I think that's the key to our success, even as passive investors, because we invested in a couple deals before we become a full operator. And we're starting to see the benefit now yeah. because basically it's going full cycle, meaning the property is being sold, even though it's projected for five years, but it's been three years and it was turning. Now you're seeing like the full cycle. We've gotten cash flow the entire time. But now and the huge tax benefit, right? right? But the big pot is coming. So basically we started connecting with people at like meetups, RIA group, talking to whoever um, have interest in multifamily and starting to get exchange of ideas and say like, hey, what are you guys doing? Where are you looking? Who are you, op- who are you investing with? And yeah. that's how we got started. And so was this a big, the, the first, because I have questions about investing in syndications. Yeah. Because um, obviously your returns aren't going to be as high when you're investing in a in a pool of money, the syndication, but you also have a lot less that you have to do, right? So somebody else is doing all the work. You're just collecting the return. But what are some of the returns that you guys got in some of those early syndications that you did? Well, can we share you what our syndication, the one that we operate, okay. was able to give our passive investors? Because I okay, think- sure. Before we yeah. get to that though, because I do want to ask you about how did you start your own syndication and how are you finding your own deals? If somebody is looking to invest some money, mm-hmm. what are some what are the, some of the mistakes to avoid? Because there's a lot of people out yeah. there trying to raise money. Yeah. What are some of the big things that people need to watch out for? The first one is really the tr- no like and trust of the operator because you can have two identical properties and mm-hmm. one person is is all about them. I want to get in the deal and run off and not really care about managing it properly. You're not going to make money. But if you go with a a strong operator who has a good track record, who actually cares about the investor's money, that's going to be, that's like the deal breaker. You you hear horror stories of people who invest in properties and the operators don't care. They don't manage it. There's problems. They don't go and solve it. They don't go there and deal with it. That's number one. Two is market. So basically that we kind of have a like, I think I, we encourage people to have their internal investment criteria, like checklist. And that's what, what we use, like Pommy and I, like number one, like no like and trust. Yeah, you know, like, Check off each checklist. Second, second yeah. would be market. So we know that during the pandemic, what this the pandemic was a really good litmus test for what markets are really strong during economic downturns and doing a health or not a global health crisis. So you can easily track what markets perform and was stabilized during the the pandemic, which are typically in the Sun Belt. When you look at like gateway cities like New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, Seattle, mm-hmm. they all dropped their their occupancy and their rent collections dropped like 40, 50% during the pandemic, the heart of the pandemic. And then you compare that to the Sun Belt, 
where that didn't happen. People were raising rent. Rents were increasing in markets because it was hot. Why do you, why do you think that is? Because affordability is an issue. And so therefore, if people see that, hey, I'm li- I'm working from home now, and you see that a lot in California or um, Seattle or like New York, you can see the, the mi- migration. Mm-hmm. I'm working from home. Why am I going to pay for like a, a shoebox in San Francisco yeah. when I can move to Utah, when I can move to Salt Lake City, or I can move to Phoenix? Dallas, or like if you're in New York, you can move to Florida, or you can move to the Carolinas, move to Atlanta and pay maybe like a quarter yeah. and actually get a house. And on top of that, as you can see, like like big company are moving to these areas. Business-friendly so states. So, like, so that's why you, you see the migration of people moving to like Austin, Texas, because, yeah. yeah. you know, like Tesla plant and stuff like that. So, and Amazon. In okay, America. so you're, you're going through this checklist. Keep on going through. The first yeah, one is so, no like, and trust. And yeah, market. market. So you have to have population growth. So you can have um you can have employers, but like if there's not net migration into your area, it's all about simple supply and demand. Mm-hmm. Apartments, you need a lot of demand and you need a um a restraint on the supply side. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's su- super simple. Um, so that's the next checklist. So again, right now you can see the pattern. The cities that have the, for example, Dallas, Fort Worth, literally from 2010 to 2020, two million people moved to that area. So you can imagine it's almost like bringing Nashville, Tennessee, the entire population <laughs> of Nashville and dropped it into Dallas, Fort Worth. Wow. Wow. So people will talk about, hey, is it still affordable? If you have a basically an entire major city drop into your city, mm-hmm. that's not going to be an issue because you have the strong economy. You're going to have the, so the next checklist population, economic drivers need to be diverse. Mm-hmm. It should be like medical. It should be um, financial. It should be manufacturing. It should be tech. Yeah. Education. You don't want a one-trick pony town. You don't want one that's tied to, for example, like John Vegas, like Vegas leisure. It's rents going up, but I'm like we are concerned about having that be tied to basically the casino business, the entertainment business. Yeah. So we want a diverse economic base, and the the next one is rent growth. So rent growth is important, obviously. I mean, they're all tied together. But Mm -hmm. for example, Denver, Colorado, for a time, their rent growth was hitting a ceiling. So you can only increase rent so much because you need to be able to have people who can afford to live there. So there, that that's a really critical play because you need to make sure that our play typically is, hey, we're going to raise rent. Mm-hmm. We're going to decrease expense. So can we raise rent in this submarket where the people can actually afford to live there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are some of our yeah. stuff on our checklist. Simple checklist that we make nice. sure. That- okay. So, so what are some of the good markets that you guys like to look at? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the market that we like to look at, like Palm said, is, um, like Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, um, Austin, Atlanta, Georgia, Phoenix, Arizona, Tampa, Orlando, Jacksonville. And you can see the correlation with single family. I'm sure you also see that kind of pattern as well in, in single family where those are booming. They kind of go together, Mm -hmm. you know? So like as home price, single family home prices rise to the point where it's almost unaffordable. Guess who benefits? Apartments owners. Sure. Because they can't afford rents. They can't afford to buy homes. They're gonna look to 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 rent apartments. Yeah, even like like with loan, like um, like getting more strict to get. And that's yeah. why people can't get a loan to go buy they don't qualify for it. Yeah. Single family homes and home prices are increasing. So millennials can't afford to buy single fam like home for yeah. themselves, you know. Okay. So you guys were putting your own money into different syndications, getting great returns. 
mm-hmm. uh, getting good tax write-offs, right? Yeah, very, very good. Definitely. Talk about that for a minute, because I want to ask you how then you transitioned into, like, hey, let's raise our own money. Let's get our own apartments, right? But talk yeah, about so- the, the tax benefits for a passive investor, because it isn't always the case, right? Like you as the operator or the syndicator, mm-hmm. you don't have to pass on the tax write-offs to your private investors, do you? You could keep all that yourself. No, we we have to pass it off. And basically on every single deal. So the only thing you can do is you can elect not to take the bonus depreciation in year one as a whole, as a whole, but it's not like we can't, we can't just say like, let me take all that and give it to us. So basically it's proportionate to the share that you own in the, in the, the apartment. In 2017, President Trump passed the Jobs Act and Tax Cut, whatever mm-hmm. the name is. But basically, that's the 2017 allowed us to benefit from bonus depreciation. That's also personal property, the 5, 7, 15 year. And, um, instead of doing it in 5, 7, 15 year increments, now it's all pushed into your oh, one. 20, yeah, 39.5. Yeah. So basically, what, what that means is like, for example, you invest $100,000. Like our first deal, we invested $100,000. That one had a depreciation of 83% of that amount. So we got back $83,000 as a K1 paper loss year one on year one. That's not so, bad. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. So as full-time real estate professional, you can offset your order and income. So people who flip, people who wholesale, if they qualify, you're making check money. with your CPA. Check with your CPA. We're <laughs> not oh, yeah, CPAs, but you order and income comes in, you're offsetting it. So now you're making a hundred K you invest it. You made 200 K you invest a hundred. Yeah. Now, instead of paying that tax, now you it's become zero gains. But you only get that in the first year, is that right? And you get you you get the first year the maximum because it's the largest portion, but every year as we replace things, as we do turnovers, that still comes like it'll be less, maybe like four or five thousand. And like I that. think like people who start passively invest, they're gonna like you gonna you're gonna make more money, not just a hundred thousand. You're gonna making like hundred, two hundred, five hundred, a million dollar and you can you wanna continue investing in real estate. So Getting this tax benefit like every year is really what like a lot of people are doing. And I want to touch on like, yes, passively investing, you don't make as much money in return. Like you're making approximately like, let's say 70 to 80%, actually 80 to 100% return. But you know what? You only spend like literally like half an hour for to the make time. for the entire time to make that. Let's say if you invest $100,000 and you get back $80,000, but you only invest 30 minutes of your life to do that. That's 30 minutes, you're making $80,000. That's a lot of money, oh, right? Yeah. Like if you yeah, think yeah. in terms of like you're trading time for money. So that's why like when you think about the return, you have to also think of the time you're trading for it as well. Right. And okay. So tax benefit. How many deals, if you don't mind me asking, how many deals did you guys invest in syndications? Before we start or right now? Well, before you started actually getting your getting your own apartments. Yeah. So we invest in many deals, like three deals. And then right now we're passive in 15 deals. Okay. Even as even though we're active investors, we still want to get that tax benefit. Yeah. We still want to leverage other people's time and experience. Yeah. Because honestly, like we're not gonna be able to get all the deals and we don't wanna do like 20 deals in a year. You know, we wanna have a nice life. So we still want our money to exercise and work hard and you know, and when we want to go into a new market, we go back to that same mindset that we got when we first started. Let's go learn about that market. We don't have to do a whole bunch of work. Hey, this like we invested in Houston, and it's like we never invested as a as a syndicator in Houston, but we want to look into it. Like let's let's have someone bring us all the data, all the knowledge, and tell us what pockets are the best. And so we invested in Houston. Nice, and that's and that's what we do. Okay, so you were 
investing passively and and what made you decide ah, you know what let's go find our own apartments let's uh, let's let's hire a lawyer and and help get the rights um, <laughs> yeah. what do you call it like this ppm yes a private placement memorandum, memorandum or whatever yeah. so to do it yourself i yeah so basically we just loving that passive investment so much and that we're like okay we're doing flip in los angeles and that's taking a lot of time and you know to deal with like the grind the of minutia like, the minutia of like the contractor the permit the city kind of wear us out and that's when we're like wait a minute like the people who we invest with they seem to have a really nice life so like <laughs> it, you, it's scalability instead of and instead of us dealing with the contract the mm-hmm. property management team does with, deals with that if there is a tenant complaint before, if, you, if I own a single family rental, they'll call me for, to fix the plumbing. Or, or even the contractor who's doing the flip will call us for every single thing. Yeah. Like, how about this light switch like position? Like, you know, like All that, that tile. Yeah. So we're like, got tile. Now it. it's like the property management team, you leverage them. That's their job. All we have to do is, hey, was it done? And that's what literally that just happened yesterday. We have a lender required repair. I emailed the project manager and I said, hey, Josh, did you fix it? Is it done? Okay. Yes. He said, here's, here's the paperwork that says it's done. Here's a photo. All I had to do is just communicate that with the, um, the lender and say, Hey, your required repairs have been completed. I didn't spend, I don't know who the contract, I mean, I know the name, but I don't know who the contractors were. I wasn't there when they were doing it. So basically what led us to being active is basically we see that this could be, we want that as our future instead of grinding, you know, like day to day, we want to work on the business, scale the, real estate investment opportunity versus like doing like, you know, like what property managers are doing for us in yeah. multifamily syndication. Yeah. 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 So then what'd you guys do? What was the first step? So the first step is to form a team. Like basically since um we just, because multifamily is a team sport. Multifamily. So it, it can't be just Palmy and I, right? So we, we look, we, we set network, up. network. We, we basically in multifamily, there's kind of three buckets of talents. Or okay, five five buckets of talent. So the first one is find the deal, find the money, be a good asset manager, have a relationship with the broker, and bring net worth and bring net worth or liquidity. So there's five buckets. At the beginning, you need to decide what you like and what you can actually achieve. Can you fundraise, or you're like, can hey, you find a deal? Can you find deals? Some people come in who are already commercial brokers, and I see phenomenal success for them because they already have those relationships. Now they're just gonna sit on the other side of the table. So decide what role you want to do and what you're good at and go fill the, fill the void. There's tons of people out there who can do some, one of the other parts. Once that happens, then execute. You just go, go and find team and um, deals and just keep doing. And that's rolling. how we got started. Um, our first property, we came in, we don't, we didn't find the deal, but we were able to help with the investor relations. We have connection with people who have money, we can raise money, we can do like the asset, communication and then asset manage the property, stuff like that. When you say asset manage a property, what does that mean? So basically we manage the property manager. So we, so once we take over the property, that's when you have to do the operation, which is executing the business plan, making sure that, hey, we have a plan on what rent growth needs to look like that the property management team is executing, or if we have a major CapEx project happening, mm-hmm. what's the timeline? Which which one do we do first? Do we redo the painting or do we do something that improves the income? Mm-hmm. For example, like if we were to rehab these interior of the units, we can raise rents. We should focus on that first. Yeah, so, so things like that. So it's more managing the managers 
not really day to day, not like signing leases or something like that. Yes. One, one of the questions I've always had is when you're doing big multifamilies in multiple markets, mm-hmm. do you find one property manager that is in each market that manages all your properties? <laughs> is that how it typically works? I, we try to as best as possible because you get a continuity with the team. So you know the rhythm and property. I would say one of the biggest challenge people face is finding the, the good property management team. Mm-hmm. They they mean well, but they're operating 30,000 units. Sometimes it's clunky. Sometimes, for example, like financials are reported on accrual basis versus cash, where sometimes like just accounting stuff, we have to match up. Other times this is like, you you need people who actually are genuinely, they have enough bandwidth. Sometimes it's like when you're too large and the regional manager has way too many properties, they're not going to be able to have the oversight that you need. And so you need to find, I think, of all the success, like the team member, property managers are like the most important, even the actual property manager who's on site. They're the face of your business. They're the one who's interacting, interfacing with your residents and bringing new people in. If that person does a poor job or doesn't care, your business is in a lot of trouble. And that's why that's asset managers job to monitor and track that on a, like a weekly basis. Have you ever thought about just hiring your own proper, starting your own <laughs> property management company and putting your own employees yeah. at each different apartment it's it's about scalability as well it's like um at some point it may make sense for some people but it's also about what what you're interested in doing yeah, our passion yeah we're not interested in having more employees and trading more time for money like that, them. in that way I, I we rather find the right property management company who partner with and, and not scale with them that's their genius zone let them handle that and we do we do what we we're best at i can imagine finding a good property management company is going to be it can be challenging right Definitely. Definitely. And it's a trial and error thing. Like they can be great and something can happen in management. And then all of a sudden there's a drop off. And so you have to be sure that you're like aware. If you're reacting six months after the fact, that's way too late. You need to be basically on top of that part. Wow. Have you guys seen um, any impact on, it seems like in the economy right now, it's hard to get, it's, it's hard to find employees. It's hard for companies to hire. Yeah right now. Are you seeing that in the property management space? Is it hard to find the people to clean up an apartment, get it ready for the next tenant and paint and fix things? We're lucky because the team that we have are like are solid and we take care of them really well. So we make sure that they know that they're respected and they're appreciated and they're compensated well. In general, yes, there's a supply chain issue with everything Mm -hmm. like materials. Sometimes it's hard to get and also like sometimes... um, when we use like outside contractors, sometimes the timing isn't right because they may be short. But in general, if you think about it, even 200 unit apartment, it takes like four to five people, right? Four or five. It's not like 10 or 20 people or 30 people. So if you work with a strong property management company, even if you're down one, they'll have floaters. They'll have people whose job is to fill in when someone's out or there's a, a need, they'll mm-hmm. come in. So if we have a major project, we may say like, hey, I need an extra guy for the next two weeks to do this renovation or something, there's a huge turnover that's happening. And that's key. So when you have a property management company, make sure they're not too small and make sure they're not too large. There's like a Goldilocks thing where it's the right size, where they have enough people who they they can afford to have floaters versus like, wow, no, I need an extra person. Okay. Yeah. So we haven't had that experience even throughout the time we hold the properties. And we just emphasize like, hey, be like health-wise, like make sure you're your, you know, we have like sanitizing stations and all that stuff. And just make sure like we, we control the interaction with the residents at the beginning so that no issues on the COVID front. Okay. So uh, you guys created a PPM. Mm-hmm. You started raising money. You started building your team. How did you go find the deals? 
it's pretty simple. It's like it's like how um, you find single family homes, right? It's you like, connect with brokers. Like the off market deals in a hot market and seller market, it's not really going to be there. There's not a lot of distressed properties that are people are going to be willing to just offload. So you need to be able to build relationship with brokers. Like single family, it's all about relationships. We've gotten deals where we weren't the highest bidder, but they believed in our execution, mm-hmm. and then they awarded us a deal. And so it starts with you building a relationship. It's not going to be, you don't come out the gate and buy 300 units. You may start out with 65. Ours first one was 76. So you start, you start small, you prove to them that you can do this. If you go in and all of a sudden start writing offer on a hundred million dollar apartment from day one, they're not going to take you seriously. You can flash all the money you want. They don't care. Everyone has money. That's what they'll tell you. So I, I would say like that was where, you know, you have basically build like building relationship with strategic like key or, players or, or like like you said there's a five bucket go connect with someone who's really awesome at deal flows but not very good at asset managing or doesn't like it or needs yeah. someone to help raise money or right. needs some boots on the ground stuff like that interesting okay <laughs> and uh, so talk about some of the deals you guys have done yeah so so actually we just uh, okay uh, so just basically our first deal was 76 units and we closed that August 2019. So that was two years ago. And on November 8th, we just sold it, which is three days ago. Yeah. Three days wow. ago, we sold it. It was cash flowing so entire time. Overall return was over 144 for two years in two years. So that's, that's like 72% in, two, in each year. annualized. Really good. That's awesome. Yeah. And so our investors, the entire that includes that's inclusive of the cash flow, but the entire time from the start, within three months, we were we were distributing cash flow on a quarterly basis, and we never stopped doing it. The pandemic, I think, it was like eight percent annualized um, last year during twenty twenty, and we continued the entire time. And so, like that's the kind, of, and then that also the tax benefit. So if you add if you add that plus, I think it was like what was it like seventy something. 80? So like let's say if you invest easily like a hundred thousand, you're getting back a hundred thousand plus a hundred forty four thousand dollar plus the tax benefit of eighty thousand. So you're getting to over two hundred twenty thousand dollar, like two hundred twenty X. 2.2 X. Yeah, like so of your investment money. And this is like again, if you and you only spend 30 minutes doing this transaction, right? Because you're just like signing the PPM and you just wiring the money. That's it. Listen to the webinar. Like, if you wanted to listen to a webinar, that's another like one hour max. So it's like two, one and a half hour and you're getting back like over... It's not a guarantee and um, 2.2%. Past performance <laughs> is not a guarantee of future sure. outcome. But in markets that we're investing in, we're seeing similar returns. Even the deal that we're passive investing in, we're going to get a 2x return on that. Nice. 2.02 or something. So it's possible and it's happening today. Let's talk about some of the other deals you've done then. Yeah. So we have another so, deal that we're actually under contract for um, selling another property. And we just bought this April 2020. Wow. So yeah. that one, that's one under contract. So we're going to be closing in December. Middle of December. Yeah. And then we just closed another deal on a buy side in Atlanta, Georgia, that we're projected to give our investor over 100% in five years or less. Yeah. That's but that's 244 units. When you're raising money, yeah, you can only raise from accredited investors. Is that correct? So we do 506B, which means that we have to already have a pre-existing relationship. With that said, we can raise an unlimited amount of accredited, but up to 35 sophisticated investors. Okay. Explain the difference for everybody, the difference between an accredited and a sophisticated investor. Accredited investor has to have an annual income of, for individual, $300,000 as a joint married, married couple. Actually... 
uh, sorry, uh, 200 for single and joint $300,000 or net worth, not including your primary home of over a million dollars. That's considered a credit investor. And for sophisticated investors, sophisticated is a little bit more nebulous. It's someone who has a business or has a business acumen who understands risk and reward of real estate. This is basically the SEC, the Security Exchange Commission's way of protecting investors. They don't want us to, we don't want like a Robin Hood scenario with like Game GameStop, no. where people don't know what they're doing and just throw money at stuff. Mm-hmm. That's not who they want to attra- us to attract. So people just basically, if you've already been in real estate or you've invested, you're a business owner, you've studied this topic, generally you can be sophi- considered sophisticated. Yeah. Right. So normally there's like two main type of offering, 506B and 506C. And like Pommy said, we do 506B where we take both accredited and sophisticated investors. Nice. All right. And so what are some of the, how many uh, apartments doors do you guys manage or own right now? Yeah. So we went from zero and now we have over a hundred million dollars under management. That so, so that, yeah. yeah. So, um, and that was just three years ago. So it wasn't like, 10 years ago yeah. or anything like yeah. that. They're big dollars. It's, it, gro- it, does, it grows, it compounds quickly. And nice. so it's basically like for us, and I think for single family home, people also get that, have to come over that mindset. It's like, they're just commas, uh-huh. right? It yeah. doesn't matter it, if the number makes sense. If you're capable of managing that size of a property, if you're able to raise the money, then it doesn't matter. If the deal makes sense, then you buy it. Nice. So I'm looking at your website. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your website is thekittysisters.com, right? Yeah. Yes. And uh, you spell that K I T T I. K I T T I. So thekittysisters.com. Mm-hmm. Great looking website. Thank uh, you. If you could tell me who built your website, uh, let me know. I'd love oh, to have them I build did it. <laughs> You did really? It's really nice. And you probably don't build websites for other people. I know that. But, uh, oh, no. Uh, it looks really nice. You have a great looking website. And Thank so you. you guys have a podcast as well. Is that right? Yeah. yeah launching we're, we're launching next month our Good podcast. You. And you have a blog here yes. as well. And so you guys are, uh, you know, you're always looking for investors. Talk about, do you have any deals that you're looking for investors on right now? Or what are you looking for? So basically with the with the 506B, we can't, we can't um, do general solicitation. We can't just talk yeah. on the public, like a podcast, like, hey, this is our deal specifically. But of course, we're always welcoming new investors into our pipeline. So on our website, there's a button called Invest Now. Invest with us. Invest with us. Basically, you, people who are interested can click on that and then restart that communication ahead of time. Once we have a property under so contract, we always have deals. So we will solicit what, like, you have to get through that pipeline, then we'll be, then we talk about and be on us be on the waiting list to be investing with us. Yeah. All right. So nice. You have to have, you got to get to know them and they need to get to know you. Yes. How yes. do you do that? And, and so we always encourage people to, before you invest, it's like, get to know the deal sponsor, get to know us, see if you like us and, you know, want to, you know, like um, work with us before you yeah. like, Hey, so but, in our case, yeah, they click that button. It goes to, I think a, um, a short questionnaire and then you just schedule, you schedule a call, call with us. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at your form. It's really nice. And you're just asking for emails and names and all of that. Yeah. And just, then, uh, don't, don't forget to write your yours. I'm looking at it right now. So then, um, cool. So let me see, what is the kitty club? What is that? Basically that's our investor club. Yes. So people who join it. Are so people- right now, like we're, we're taking waiting lists right now because 
just overwhelming, like, you know, doing like hundreds of millions of dollars already. So that we have a lot of investors who wants to join the Kitty Club, the Kitty Club so that you can invest alongside us. Nice. Yeah, so you also have a page on your website here for your portfolio. Yes. And it's quite impressive. My goodness. 2,600 plus units, doors. Maybe you've sold some of these, you know, yes. in the past, right? But uh, uh, over 14 large apartment buildings. I'm looking at these things. Man, so you're you're in uh, Houston, Fort Worth. Yes. Some of these are, are, are older deals, I'm sure. Phoenix, yeah. Fort Worth, Austin, Atlanta. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. All, all, all the markets that we recommend people to go, we would do that. Like we would go invest in those markets as well. Good for you. And all, right. all this while we're living in LA. Yeah. Do you guys travel much at all? I mean, well, I think you do because I've been yeah. looking at your website here. You guys are traveling all the time. We do. We travel for pleasure and also for work. And then we obviously make sure that we're on site from time to time. Surprise visits are always great because you, you get know. to see what they do when, when they don't know we're going to be there how the property actually looks. But you always want to make sure you have boots on the ground that can do more like the property property nice. tour or something like that on a like weekly or bi-monthly basis. What do you guys do for fun? One of you has got to be a photographer. Right? <laughs> None of us. <laughs> we just like, we just like that. None of us like, like are photographers. We just like to... We just like to explore to the world. Well, we like to capture the moment like through camera and it's just our hobbies basically. And, you know, just seeing the world and then sharing our life with, you know, our people, our tribe, you know, and just want to empower people to like, hey, in this lifetime, it's not just about working. It's about, you know, living your life to the fullest. And you can do that by choosing certain, you know, directions you want to go. Nice. What are some of your goals for the future? Hmm. This is so great. So basically we want to actually make more impact because currently we're able to help like certain amount and we want to be able to help like over a million of people to actually secure their financial future you know while paying zero taxes because we think that's our mission to help and on top of that we love to help with animals and hmm. you know to you know we want to we want to be more impactful with the animal sanctuaries um and elders and an elder people yeah so we're passionate our passion is our animals and helping the elderly so um part of the mission is grow this business where we can start a trust that a perpetual trust that um will live on beyond us because these apartments will continue to make cash flow and 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 um be able to fund these um so that would be so that would be our ultimate goal and i think like in 2022 um and and beyond we hope that we can achieve that rapidly Awesome. So again, your website is, did I spell that right? You did. did. Thekittysisters.com. The K-I-T-T-I sisters.com. You got a great website. You can, if you can follow you guys on uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook as well. DM us. Yeah. Nice. Well, I thank you guys for being on the show and um, look forward to maybe seeing you again in Boise at the next Mastermind. Cancun. I don't know if I'm going to Cancun. That sounds like a lot of fun though. Mm. But um, I'd have to bring my whole family. Mm. And if I did, that would be fun. They would love it. But I don't know if I want to take my family to a business trip. Makes but sense. anyways, we'll see. <laughs> we'll hey, thanks so much for being you. on the show. <laughs> Call me and Nancy. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. And uh, anything else you want to say? Final words? I think like the last thing is like, whatever you guys want to do, just know that it takes that first step and take that action. 
Um, sometimes people are afraid to make that leap of faith. But what you need to do is realize that you're fully equipped to do whatever you need. You already have the knowledge and the the inner ability to do it. Don't be afraid. Take that action because inaction is just as risky, if not more. Yes. And if anybody wants us as your accountability partner, then just, you know, contact us, DM us or whatever. We'll be there to support you throughout the whole journey. All right. Paul, me and Nancy, the kitty sisters.com. We'll see you guys later. Thanks again. Bye. Thank you.